You're listening to the Grassroots Network podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Grassroots Network podcast. Today, I'm joined by professional football player and owner of Elite Player Development, Danny Holmes. We talked about the local grassroots game and what are the next steps for Danny's new club, Woodchurch Juniors. Thanks for listening. And if you could please subscribe to all our platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Grassroots Network podcast. So today I'm joined by EPD owner and current Connors key player, Danny Holmes. Um, it's been it's been good to get him on the podcast because obviously we're both involved in the same industry and it's good to share comments, ideas, um, and what we've got going on. So, Danny Holmes, if you want to introduce yourself and give us yeah, a little... nice to be on, mate. Um, basically, uh, I, I come from the Whittle, so um, where I grew up on the Wood Church, it's, um, everyone plays football, to be honest with you, and uh, I've got two older brothers who, who came through at Tramia, so I was involved in football my whole life, and I ended up um, signing up for Tramia at seven. But at that point, you could still play like grassroots football and stuff. So I played for like, uh, I started off at Heswell for a couple of games, went to Shafts. And then I ended up on, on my estate with Fender, who were uh, a bit rough and tumble at times. <laughs> but um, it was a good grounder for me. And then when I obviously got to 10 years of age, I was um, I was full-time with Trammy then. And I worked my way through through the system there, obviously getting a YT and lucky enough to get a two-year pro as well but um it didn't uh, quite work out with the manager at the time Ronnie Moore I think he was going for more experience because Tramia we're, we're looking to get our league on to get into the championship so um I had to go away come back prove myself and uh yeah I, had, I had, ended up having a decent career there and obviously still playing now try well trying to play but <laughs> um getting not getting any younger but um yeah, that that's the yeah. basis of where. Well, you still you still quality, and obviously, I think we, we talked a little bit before about you coming to the possibility of you coming to Vauxhalls. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll keep pecking away. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. your Ben will still keep yeah, pecking yeah. away. But at what interest? At what point did um, coaching become a little bit of an interest? Uh, it was it was really young, to be honest with you. I um, when I was at Tram, yeah, we Tram used to go to a tournament down in Aberystwyth quite a lot. Um, I, I I was lucky enough to play there a few times with my team, but then as I was getting to 14, 15, um, obviously our Ben was coming through at Trammy at that time and um, Glenn, Glenn Sam was the head of the academy and I had a really close relationship with him, as did my dad, who's really good mates with him to this day. And um, I wanted to just go and help. So um, when I went down there, it was, it was just for a couple of days, but um, I ended up like taking the warm-ups and stuff like that. So... I think that's where it, where it started really and because I had such a good relationship with Glenn and he got the best out of me, he sort of intrigued me as I was going into my YT. So as a YT, you're, um, as part of the uh, your two years, you've got to do your level two anyway. That's just part and parcel of it. So that, I think that's where it, it, I really got the love for it because you had to take, it was quite tough actually because you had to take your teammates through a session. Yeah. So sometimes obviously they're messing about and, it's quite a few scouts lads in my team, so they were hard work to deal with. But um, yeah, as I came out my YT, and I, I think I was a first or second year pro, I got on my UA for B because there was like um, a course at the time where professional footballers all, were all doing the course. I th- it was mainly older players 
who were uh, looking to transition into that. So once I got me a UEFA B, that's when I started to do little bits with like lo- local teams and stuff like that. And um, yeah, as as I got older and still playing, uh, I ended up coaching at Tramia as well, which was really good for me going back to the club that I love really. Mm. So um, there's a few players now that are the, the YTs now. So at the time they were under nine, so yeah. it's quite a long time, but like nice. Lewis Kumas, he was at Liverpool doing really well. Uh, Nathan Giblin, he's at Liverpool. Uh, Alan Rodgers' son, Jack, who's at Burnley, I think. And there's a couple who went to Everton and stuff like that. So um, once that's when Tramies Academy folded and yeah. moved on to better things, really. So yeah. yeah, that's where it sort of stemmed from. What year did you do your B licensing? Uh, I was 20, I think. So it was so like 13, you do, like, 14. like the old youth mods and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. so I was about... It's about 13, 14 years ago. It's a quite a long time, really. <laughs> made me feel old there. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, but I was quite young doing it. So there was the likes of uh, Jim Bentley, who's at Rochdale now. Um, Dave Artel, who's the crew manager. So the people on the course, who obviously at Quality. the time, I yeah. didn't um, most probably realise what they were going to do. But it was good for me to be around that at such a young age. And mm. I've always been quite old-headed for my age as well. So um, I sort of like, fitted in really and yeah you know it was the same as as a yt you had to uh coach them so i was coaching like older pros really yeah. so it was a bit daunting and I, I was really nervous doing it but i was i was lucky enough to then pass it really so yeah, yeah it was really good when because you've recently done your a license haven't you yeah, yeah how do you compare the b license to the a license because i can imagine now like when i did my b license there was there was hardly any like pros it's quite yeah, a general yeah a general course now for yeah, yeah. grassroots coach a lot of grassroots coaches do it yeah so comparing when you did it with you know very very good coaches who were working at a good standard yeah, yeah. what was the a license similar now uh, it it's completely different to be honest with you i think over time they've obviously got to change the courses but i've done me uh, b license with the english fa where with the a license i've done with the faw the mm. the welsh fa basically so um yeah, when when you go down for you go down for like blocks of um, study basically, so uh, you're there for like four days and it's it's full on proper full on where the B license is more to your the the time that you can put into it. Mm. So um, with the B, I managed to pass it pretty quickly because I put all my time spare time into that. Where with the A license, because obviously getting older, you know you got a lot a lot of stuff going on in your yeah. life. Yeah, of course, you've got to like it's a year. And if you don't pass certain things within a certain time, then you fail. You missed your chance. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to put the time in and it's hard to do so. But yeah, when when we were down there for the last block, there was like Yaya Torre was there, <laughs> Johan Kabai, uh, Gail Clichy, uh, Pontelamon, the keeper yeah, that was at yeah. Man City. Uh, there was loads, loads of others doing the pro license as well. So you got to mix with them. It's like uh, Ancelotti's son, Davide. Davide, yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of people, so you got to mix with those type of people. And um, I ended up talking to Ancelotti's son. He sort of like, I remember doing a session with a group of kids based on what they do at Real Madrid. So I was like, <laughs> but the kids didn't believe me, obviously. Really? And I was like, yeah, Ancelotti's son. Tried to sort of explain it to them. Yeah. But um, he wasn't having it really, you know, what kids are like. Yeah. But um, yeah, I managed to grab a little because he's he's into fitness as well as yeah. the football side of things so I, I think it's really important I think a lot of coaches now they want to just do everything with the ball which yeah. is great Yeah. but um, me obviously coming through we did a lot of SAQ work and 
you know, stuff off the ball, which is vitally important as well because you're hardly in a in a game, you hardly touch the ball. Yeah. So it was good to, obviously he just won the champion, well, he was leading up to the Champions League final. I think it was the week before and he was, he was in Wales. So um, it was good to obviously talk to him. And um, it, it just shows that they do a lot of stuff without, without yeah. the ball as well, yeah. really, which I know you see it on Twitter and other social medias where, you know, people get frowned upon really for one doing stuff. One-to-one coaching gets yeah. bashed, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It gets absolutely battered. Yeah. And not only that, um, you know, you see group sessions and it's it's hard to keep everyone involved. Mm. Like even when I was coming through a Tramier and lucky enough to work with some great, well, get coached by some great coaches, there's a lot of times where you do have to stand and obviously observe the session. It's, I think I think it's impossible to involve everyone. Yeah. So um, when people say, you know, they're in lines and stuff like that. It's especially with kids. I think you've got you've got to let them observe it as well as mm. actually participating as well. So yeah, you know, everyone's got an opinion these days, yeah, haven't yeah, So um, I think there's no right or wrong. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was eye opening to see that they do a lot of stuff without the ball as well. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, I think um, my pet I. Uh, I despise line drills. Yeah, I can't I do, stand yeah. them. Well, it's sometimes you can't. Sometimes they yeah. can be necessary. I think yeah. I think there's a time and a place for them. Yeah. Um, but I think um, the one-to-one coaching side of it, that gets my goat up. Yeah, because yeah. me and you, we've probably been coaching one-to-ones for, I, I, I've been doing it for about five years and yeah. the improvements I've seen from consistent players who, mm. who regularly do one-to-ones and stuff, it's night and day yeah. for me. Yeah. Like uh, there's, there's three lads in my team who have, since they came to me at like under sevens, they've been doing it. And we, a bit of a boast, but we went from playing like division four or five Eastern league and mm. we're playing JPL yeah, now yeah. on a, on a Saturday. And this pre this past weekend, we've just played Stephen Gerrard Academy of a load of the lads who've just been released from like Wigan and, mm. and all over the place. And we, and we beat them. Yeah, yeah. And, and the couple of the lads who played, they're the difference. They're the game changers because yeah, yeah. they have, that little bit of athleticism, that little bit more sort of desire and nowhere to go off the ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so move, moving on from that then, what what encouraged you to start your coaching company and, and how has that gone so far? Yeah, most probably exactly what you've said there, where um, when I was younger, the way I thought about it at first, because I, I think we were most probably one of the first people to do the one-to-ones, where um, I used to go out with my brother on the front and like he, he he was obviously really good and he's teaching me how to do certain techniques or whatever like that so as i've got older and obviously for what i want to do as because because i was at tram yeah obviously a decent standard it's obviously not going to help me retire when i finish playing football so obviously I, i've always loved football and I've, like i'm intrigued about a lot of things with within football and obviously Doing, doing my coaching badges enabled me to, with the time I had away from training, think about what I actually wanted to to imprint on on on, on a coaching side where I'm from, because I'm really passionate from where I'm from as well. Because um, a lot of people say, you know, from Liverpool, but oh, it's no, not, is it? No, it's you, not. Do you know what I mean? It's not. And, and, um, and growing up where you grew up as well, I had I had a relative who grew up, and on the wood church, it's just grass fields everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, yeah. yeah so it's a it's a perfect opportunity, is, and yeah. a lot of kids don't take that opportunity now. Yeah, and also what um it it does me head, and really you most probably have the same problem where kids play on the computers all the time. So where say for instance, 
I, th- I think that's why um, professional clubs now have the kids in so much. I, I think back in the day, we only trained twice because... You were out every other night. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Where kids now, they, they don't play out. So um, th- th- I think that's why, you know, the clubs are getting them in a little bit more. I don't agree with it, but mm. that I think that's just the way the world's going. And yeah, so obviously I wanted to start doing one-to-one coaching because like I said, like you said, it's so beneficial. I don't know why people come down on it. I think the difference is because so many people are now trying to do it. Mm. Um, No disrespect to anyone who's trying to do it, but the quality in what they're delivering is is the main issue really. So anyone can put a ladder out and hurdles Mm. or, you know, balls or whatever. And, and deliver some sort of session, can't they? Anyone can do that. But it's the, it's the little detail and breaking it down, showing them, giving them a reason why, asking questions why they're trying, you know, obviously what they're trying to do and why I'm telling them to do something a little bit different. So, um, yeah, I think that's the main problem for me when um, even with social media, I'm not like a person who likes to talk a lot or mm. be on, actually be on the screen because I don't think it's about me. I think it's about the kids or any player that comes to me. So you won't really see me. Mm. I, I don't think you, I think I've done it once and I've never done it again, really, where other, you know, social media can play a massive part in your yeah. business as well. But um, yeah, I think like we said before we, we came on Mike, like that's the, that's the issue with me at the minute. I don't know what to, which way to go at the moment, moment with it, mm. but I've got loads of ideas and it, you know, it may surely uh, find its way, yeah. way in the end, really. Well, from my, from my point of view, when we first started, so I I started with um, a lad called Lachlan O'Connor. So yeah. before lockdown, we we done a couple of joint camps, and to be fair, he'd he'd gone out to America mm. and he'd seen that these coaches were doing making quite a bit of money off one to one coaching over in America. It's like hundred dollars mm. for an hour or something. That's ridiculous. Don't get it? me wrong. There's people who charge that over here. Yeah, but yeah, it's scary. Isn't it? He came back and he was for me where where I'm obviously I've been at this club for a while. He was the first one to be doing it. Mm. And I started doing it because I'd been involved in grassroots and everyone then and his dog was out on levers and mm. even through lockdown and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And I think, I think lockdown was the big one, wasn't yeah, it? Where everyone tried yeah. to do it. I think um, a lot of people picked up on it. And now because it's been whittled out, I see people have got away from it now. And, and they've not really enjoyed it, whereas yeah. I think we've been a little bit more consistent. Yeah. But when we first started, we we looked up to to you guys and how you marketed your stuff, how your social yeah. media looked, yeah. the the appearance of how you presented your coaching and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It was a big influence on us. Um. So, yeah, I think I think now into the next step with Woodchurch Juniors, that's, yeah, yeah. that's my big question because yeah. I absolutely love that idea of, of a local team on the wood church now because yeah, it's yeah. such a big area. I think you had rakers which were kind of based there, but to actually have a wood church yeah, juniors yeah. for such a big estate, it's it's a great step forward. It is, yeah. And um, I think I think the last team to be on the estate was Fender, Fender. Who, who I yeah. played for, and which was a, a long, long time ago now. So um, obviously going back to EPD, I tried to do the teams where you know they got the exposure to academy teams really. And sometimes it was, it was pretty tough because the, the kids are grassroots players and I've always said to them, grassroots is your priority. This is just extra. So if you want to do it, it's, it's, even to the parents, it's entirely up to you. 
So um, sometimes when we were arranging games, there was a problem to get them there because the grassroots was the priority. So I sort of went away from that and because um, I've always wanted to do something from where I'm from. So uh, it was it was this year. I was just I was just with me mate who I hadn't seen in a long time. He had a bit of time on his hands. I was like, been wanting to do do this. And with uh, the Witcher Sunday team as well. Yeah, they've just sort of started back up again. And um, there's like a big on these days, like a big community like feel, and everyone looks af- after each other and helps each other out. So uh, yeah, we said why why don't we just do it? So we just started it basically, and um, it's 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 been amazing really because. With EPD, it's obviously like, I don't like to look at it as a business, but it is. Mm. So like, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, talking about like the quality of coaching the kids are getting. <laughs> like you're saying, some people are charging a hundred odd pound for a one-to-one for an hour, which in my head is absolutely baffling. I just, yeah, I can't, especially where you're from as well. So yeah. like, I couldn't, I think with my qualification now and me playing experience, I can sort of, go up a little bit mm. to justify it. So um, I'm quite comfortable with what I charge now, which is, it's it's less than a PT. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. in the grand yeah. scheme of things, yeah. it's it's not a lot. Uh, maybe with the energy bills and all that, it yeah. probably could be. Facility costs and exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I think that's what uh, people don't understand as well. You're paying for the facilities and stuff like that. So your margin to gain is... It's not as much as what people think. No, no, it's not. It's not. No. So you're sort of doing it for the love of doing it, where some people are charging ridiculous amounts, and it just there's no justification no, behind it. Either, just, is there? I it's what what annoys not annoys me, but is parents are actually paying for it, which I don't understand. I, I'm not like putting anyone down or anything like that, but I just cannot get. I just never get my head around it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So with what church unions, it's more obviously. I don't get nothing from it other than the love of doing it really. Yeah. So um, with obviously still playing and doing EPD, I, I can only do little bits, but um, what I've, I've, which I've tried to do with EPD as well is help people on their coaching path as well. So um, the people that are doing it are all like new to it, but I've tried to help them with sessions and stuff like that. So it's, it's helped me as well. So, so I'm where I want to go. I want to try and help, help people yeah. basically that's all I've ever wanted to do whether that's coaching kids or with the coaches help them develop to get to where they want to be because everyone wants to coach professionally which is you know it's a slim chat it's like planes it's a very yeah. slim chance of doing that so uh, I'm just trying to help them along along their path really but with Woodchurch Juniors I can sort of do the two yeah so um but also bringing where players from the estate were going elsewhere they're staying on the estate yeah and obviously growing growing the club well like it builds that. a community doesn't it as yeah, well yeah. around around the estate yeah. have you got a, have you got an official role are you chairman or anything um, like that of a club or just... but, uh, yeah at the moment I'm the treasurer so yeah. I look after basically the finances and um, me mate who I spoke he's the chairman so I'm sort of like vice chairman as well mm. but because um, I didn't want to obviously again being where we're from we didn't want to charge too much for so, you know, everyone's got to pay subs because mm. we've got to pay for again pictures, pictures and stuff equipment. like that yeah. so we've kept it the lowest we possibly could because a lot of people on the estate can't afford even to travel somewhere most don't can't even drive mm. so um, we, we sh- it, it's been a good learning curve really where we're trying to help them um, obviously the kids grow the love for football but it, it's we did like a photo shoot shoot day 
and um, the feedback that we had from that and the amount of people that actually turned up as well was um, it was breathtaking really sort of like put a lump in my throat a little bit so yeah it was uh, it's good to see we, we're only like three months old four months yeah. old so yeah. uh, it's good to see where we could potentially yeah. go in the future there's um, I had the Bromber and Eastham chairman on a couple of weeks ago and we've got a really good partnership with Bromber and Eastham yeah. and if there's if there's ever a, a club a grassroots club to model yourself off it's definitely them yeah, yeah. in terms of how they create the atmosphere within their club, how they how they make the kids feel special. Yeah. yeah. Um obviously there's different clubs, yeah, yeah. The way people do things. Like obviously I coach at Vauxhalls and we're a pathway. We 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 aim to get our kids in our youth and junior section into the first team. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Bromber and Eastham, it's very much a turn up and play and have fun yeah, and yeah. enjoy your football while you while you can. Yeah. And I think the difference in and maybe the squad's what you were trying to do in the first place and, and now the Woodchase it's completely you, you different it's yeah. night and day isn't yeah, it and it's completely different it's going into the, the realms of we want kids to enjoy ourselves mm-hmm. and you want to build that community yeah um, with um, with the Woodchase junior teams uh, most probably what Bromber and Eastham are doing that's that's all we want to do we want them to have fun yeah. and enjoy it where I think <laughs> for me the kid, if kids have fun it's because their parents are on board with it. That's I think that's everyone's biggest challenge. Where say with EPD, it was um, don't get me wrong, the parents were a challenge. I think they're they're always going to be because because they want the best for their kids, yeah, which is fun. They do, yeah. But when it comes to wood church, because it's it is basically about fun. It's, there's literally I won't won't accept nothing. So like obviously you're gonna have issues all the time. Yeah. But I said no, that's it. That's it. That that's our one philosophy for them mm-hmm. to have fun. So. If you're preventing them from having having fun, and even our coaches, we touch base on it loads of times. Where everyone wants to win, I, I always want to win, even yeah. with the grassroots team. Yeah, but it's I, I don't show the kids that I want to win. I I try and you know encourage them to love it, and the byproduct byproduct of that is it winning. is winning. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's the way we've tried to do it. But yeah, I think we, we've got a great set of parents. To be fair, so touch wood, you know hopefully it stays like that and as we grow the club then everyone's got to buy into that really yeah so what do you see in the future what what, what what's the kind of maybe short term and long term goals that you've got for it uh, the short term is basically for the kids that we have got now we've got four teams is them just to enjoy it this season really and just have a good crack and you know come along they've all all the, all the teams are brand new so none of them have met each other yeah. before some are playing the first ever the, this is their first ever team so to see that how well they get on it, that's another big thing for us like they're doing stuff away from from the teams with each other without us even in, encouraging it so they're, they're all making friends but in the long term we want to you know um we want we want a team for every age and then um, there the could be, we've, we spoke about starting a Saturday team because I think there's going to be a 3G getting done down yeah. Yeah, on, on the old running track. Mm. So there's potential for that, but um, yeah, that's a long way off. I think our focus is on, you know, building building it each year yeah. really and add, trying to add for next season is a, a team each age with girls as well. Mm. And um, just take a, take a year by year, not look too far ahead yeah. really. Yeah. Would you want your Saturday team in West Cheshire football? Eventually, yeah. yeah. I think, um, obviously, even if you look at the just the Wood Cheshire Sunday team, for instance, the yeah. amount of people that go and watch them, yeah, a lot of people off the state don't drive. Yeah. So if there was something there for them to go and watch, I think they'll get 
pretty big crowd as well. Yeah. Because they're really passionate from where they're from. And sometimes um, it gets the wrong stigma, stigma for me. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I'm from there. I know everyone. Mm. Everyone's really nice with me. But, you know, people coming on sometimes may surely think, oh, it's a bit rough, blah, blah, blah. But I think if if you've got something going like that, they're actually yeah. really welcoming. Yeah. So, like, say, go touching on the Sunday team again, like, if they have a, a Cheshire Cup game, like, they always put something on for, yeah. the, for the team to come back. And yeah. they, they have a really good crack as well, to be yeah. fair. So, I think we, even with the uh, Woodchurch Junior team, we're looking to do that after each game now, where uh, the pub, the Woodchurch pub is basically just around the corner from yeah, the pitches, where so, we're, yeah. we're going to hopefully, like, put food on for both teams and stuff mm. like that, try and grow like that. So it it becomes a little bit more welcoming and people don't have that impression then that, you know, all these are rough yeah. and yeah. Know, don't want don't really want to go there. Yeah. But um yeah, that's obviously what we hopefully we can do with a Saturday team as well. Yeah. Eventually further down the line. Yeah. I think um I think it was I don't know whether this is true, but I think I read somewhere that Glen Avon were thinking of taking over the leisure centre and turning it into a social club as well. Yeah. Um if that maybe is in plans or whatever, because I know Glen Avon have got the they've got the field, haven't they, on the yeah, flyover yeah. and stuff coming yeah, yeah. into the woody. But me, I think I'd I'd love to see because I I'm from Birkenhead. Yeah, I, yeah. I grew up. I played for Vicky Colts mm. and quite a few local teams and stuff like that. And um, to have that that community in such a, a fun estate because I spent a lot of time there yeah, as a yeah. kid as well. Um, where. People can come down. They, like I've been in the Woody Pub as well. It's rowdy yeah. in there sometimes. Yeah, it's very rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you want, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You want people engaged. You want mm. it to be a, a, a community, a community um, environment. So, but taking taking the club into the grassroots game. Is there anything in grassroots that you'd want to see improve? Because you've seen both sides of it now. Yeah, yeah. You've seen professional game and and grassroots game. Yeah, for well, one of the reasons for me, obviously, starting the grassroots club as well is that. Everyone starts from grassroots. Do you know what I mean? They don't just go into professional yeah. football. So, um, for me, the biggest issue I've come across is the pitches. Like it's especially the grass pitches. Yeah. We're quite uh, fortunate that we've got a great relationship with Fender Primary, who um, have been fantastic to be honest. And they've actually just let us do whatever we want. Not in the way where you know, yeah, just with the pitches and look after them mm. and stuff like that. So if like we played on, I think it's called the Delph in Wallasey yeah. uh, against Cheshire Vikings and um, the the pitch was a disgrace not not nothing to do with them it's just that it hasn't been maintained properly yeah. so uh, obviously with the rain I, I then messaged John who's my mate saying what are our pitches like with the rain thought it was going to be heavy and he's like yeah they're lovely Spot on. just because we maintain it mm. so um, the biggest issue for me is is the grass pitches because as kids get older I, I, I do think the 3Gs are beneficial uh, with with you trying to implement stuff within their game and stuff like that, but in the grand scheme of things, if if they're lucky enough to make it, they're going to be playing on grass. So th- I think that that's one of the biggest issues with the grassroots game, where the grass pitches aren't aren't off to scratch really. Yeah, and um, even going to like Arab Park and other places, there's there's loads of safety hazards as well. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah, and I've walked on like big big massive hole here, big massive hole there. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it doesn't need to be addressed, but um. You know, it all boils down to money in the end, doesn't yeah. it? So if the money's not going in, then they're not going to well, improve. I, I completely agree because I much prefer to play on grass than yeah. Astrum. I yeah. much prefer it yeah. in, in terms of the development 
for for kids because the ball bounces in a different way. There's yeah. depending on the weather, there's different speeds that you've got to react to and problem solve. Yeah. On an Astro, you know it's going to move quick. Uh, yeah. There are probably benefits to the ball moving quickly, yeah, so course, you've got yeah. to pass and move a little bit quicker. But I don't know. I, there's something about playing on grass, yeah. isn't there? If you can't beat it. Yeah, exactly. I'm old school, like so. Mm. I'm just like when it when I see a nicely cut pitch, I'm like it's yeah. unbelievable. That yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, so yeah. It, it gets me excited to actually yeah. play footy. So um, yeah, it's a massive issue, and it does need to be addressed. But like I said, it comes down to money and whether yeah. they want to pump that money in to improve it. But I think if um, if they got all the clubs involved within something to maintain stuff and stuff like that. I think it could be done, especially yeah. on the Wirral, because yeah. to be honest, all the clubs I've come across and the coaches that we've played against before have been amazing. Mm. all been really great. And I sort of had an opinion, obviously when I was younger, it was a little bit different, but I had an opinion like everyone was a bit rowdy and, you know, um, they're not in it for the kids or, you know, stuff like that. And it's the complete opposite from, from what I thought. So, um, they proved me wrong yeah. a lot of the team so far. So a lot of them are, are voluntary. So yeah. for them to obviously um, waste, if you want to say waste the time, it is really wasting their time because they could be doing stuff with their families or anything like that. So I think if, I don't know, the FA or the Cheshire FA, whoever, you know, involved or the clubs to be involved in it together, I think, you know, it could, it could be improved a lot. The pitches. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, you've got the arguments haven't you about the Premier League and all the revenues and, and how much it actually contributes to the FA and what mm-hmm. goes on at the FA but even even the job being left to the local councils to yeah. like you look at yards, levers and most of the time it can be okay but yeah. you have a period from say the end of November through to February where most of the time kids aren't playing footy exactly, yeah. and you could probably you could maybe have that improved where, you know, you could go through the summer. Yes. Yeah. So it's a grass sport Mm. in that to maintain the pitches properly, you could probably play through the summer. Yeah. There's loads of different options, I Mm. think, but I think there's, there's, there's 3G is probably going to be the way forward. It it becomes a business as well. I mean, even this place, uh, Vauxhall's, are looking to put a third all-weather pitch mm. in and the amount of revenue it generates, not just for like a social club, but for a school, mm. like Bidston, uh, sorry, Woodchurch High, High School have got one, yeah. uh, Bebbington High School have got one, Pensby have got one. Mm. They become revenue makers, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And that'll probably be the way forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I listened to something really interesting that um, a lot of kids in London have come away and they're starting to play cage football yeah. again and academies are starting instead of going to grassroots games on Saturdays and Sundays <laughs> they're going into cages in the yeah. midweeks and watching players yeah. play because it's a different kind of player like the Jade Sancho's yeah. and, and these skillful tricky players because yeah. they're playing on different services yeah um, I'd, I'd do that because we had cages in Birkenhead and yeah. a lot of kids don't do it I think it's probably touching on what I said near the beginning where that's like street football, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I, um, I, f- I think it was on Netflix with Rio Ferdinand that um, South of the River or whatever yeah. it was called. And, um, you know, a lot a lot of kids are just going out and playing where around here now, kids don't go out and play. So um, that's why I think you're seeing a big influx from, from say, the Southern London areas and stuff like that where they're, they're making it into the professional game. That It's no coincidence because they're playing more football. I even... Um, I was talking to my brother the other month 
And um, I was just saying, like, football's become like a middle class sport, really, which is quite sad. Because yeah. obviously we're all working class and, you know, we've worked really hard to it to get whatever we, we've got in life. But um, yeah, I think it's it's refreshing to see the, especially on that documentary, I was, I was you know, it, it was refreshing to see that kids are actually still going out, enjoying it. So it's getting a reputation from playing that sort of stuff as well, which yeah. back in the day, again, that's you, you, that's what you had to do. You had to um, used to play with older kids and hold your own. You used to get booted everywhere, <laughs> but they respected you for yeah. it. Where yeah. kids now, you know, it, it's just the way the world is now. They get yeah. they get looked after really well by the, all the parents, even uh, touching on where I'm from. A lot of a lot of parents can't afford a lot, but they can still manage to get like a PlayStation Five or yeah where I didn't have yeah. none of that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, they, they do manage to find a way to, to obviously look yeah. after the kids, which is great. I'm not uh, knocking it, but um, just because I'm so passionate about football has a knock-on effect yeah. to that then really. So um, yeah, like I said, I hope it doesn't end up being a middle-class sport, yeah. which it potentially could, I think, personally, but mm. um, we'll have to wait and see really. I always think back to my childhood. So if you've gone that, if anyone's been through Birkenhead, you've got Butter Road. Mm. If you've seen the big library, there's yeah. a little patch of grass on the right-hand side and then there's like a big sort of concrete um, footpath. Yeah, We used to play footy on there mm. and when they'd lock the doors at like seven o'clock, we used to take free kicks yeah. against the door because yeah. it was a big wide door that yeah, looked yeah. like a goal. Mm. And we used to play like 1v1s and 2v2s and like the paving slabs were all uneven. So yeah, you've yeah. got an uneven bounce to the ball and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that's that's a crying shame now yeah, the kids can't sure. go out and do that yeah. maybe it's just a different generation where you know your mum would give you the key and be like yeah get over before yeah, yeah. the, the street lights come I on I think um, like I'm literally going on about where I'm from a lot but there's a cage down um, uh, by the swim baths yeah. just to yeah. the uh, left of it it's full all the time yeah um, the, on where we've got our pitches now in the summer like the amount of kids that were on there even though they they damaged a couple of goals. We weren't too bothered because it was At just good to see them playing. playing. Yeah. So it sort of kept them away from uh, trouble because there's a lot of trouble going on there at the moment where when we were down there at one point, there was loads of kids playing football and then the swim baths are closed at the minute. And then there was kids on top of the building. So it was like yeah. chalk and cheese. You're like, mm. look at them, they're, you know, looking to have fun. Then it's that type of person where they just want to damage everything, yeah. which I don't understand. But yeah, again, yeah, being where I'm from, you just it's you're like you that's you're from here. Why would you want to? Why would do you that? want to ruin it? So yeah. it's um, yeah, you've got a footy pitch there, a bit of grass. Why don't you just have a kick about it? Yeah, but like yeah. where um since we've started the games, because um we've got a few teams there, a lot of people are just coming on and watching. Which, mm. which is great. Um, our chairman John, obviously, he's got to be aware of who it is because obviously, safeguarding the children stuff like that. But it's people that we we know of, and they come on and they they buy a cup of tea or whatever, give money to the club. Or there was a lot of people done a lot of spot the balls without us even asking. So uh, yeah, we're looking to obviously help the kids who uh, maybe don't get much and you know, maybe getting in with the wrong crowd to sort of take them away from that as well and get them involved within a team and being a part of a yeah. community, like we've already yeah. said, yeah. It, it'd be really good if there was something locally on the Woody because we did um, we did sessions at the Hive yeah, and we went in on a Sunday and we did a, a couple of weeks throughout the, um, on a Wednesday and it was absolutely rammed. Yeah. And you couldn't move it. it. it, was it. Yeah. 
they've uh, they had, they've got like a big sports hall downstairs, and then they've got like which I thought was really cool. They've got like a five a side pitch on the roof, yeah, yeah, which is literally all it is. Astro with a with a um a cage around it, yeah, yeah. and that was like proper cage football. There was some decent little footballers yeah, in yeah. there, like yeah, and uh, you think to yourself. If there was more spots like these yeah. across the Whittle, I think the Wood Church again would yeah. thrive. Because there used to be a youth club where the swim yeah. baths is. Yeah. And that, again, that was rammed every night. Mm. Uh, the Carbridge Centre, which is still there, and they give a lot to the community, to be fair. But, you know, they're hands of time behind their backs with resources and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, if you offer, offer them something and something there for them to do, they do, especially places like Birkenhead, yeah. Wood Church, the Ford, mm. all those type of places. You guaranteed you'll get the numbers. Oh, guaranteed. 100%. So again, it's not just about um, say the upkeeper pitches for me. It's actually giving kids from underprivileged places an opportunity to actually do it. Yeah, so that was another reason why we we did it. So it gives them actually something to do as well, keeps them off the streets and yeah. you know stuff like that. Yeah, I think as it comes into that older age group, like my age group now, <laughs> under fifteens, I've um, I've noticed a lot of teams at our age group they're dipping and yeah. dropping and mm. there's there's not many kids playing football at that age group now yeah. whether it be for a number of different reasons they go to school they, they find a little bit of um <laughs> they find a bit of puberty yeah, so they, yeah. they end up meeting girls or yeah. their interests and, and stuff like that mm. and it, it's a shame it's a shame because mm. i was i was having a conversation with a parent the other day and he was like there comes a point where a child doesn't need to kind of rely on you to get to games and stuff. They can get the bus, they can bike down, they yeah. can do other bits and pieces. And when it's left to them, they kind of just, you know, yeah. I can't be asked today or, yeah. or whatever like that. Um, like, like like I said, back in the day, you even if your parent could, because my dad worked a lot, um, so did my mum. So I had to get the bus, bus down to tram you sometimes by myself and then walk past the ground up to Ingleborough where they used to, we used to be the youth yeah. pitches really. So, um, because like touching on like the computers and all that sort of stuff, kids get a lot done for them now. Where yeah. back in the day, you'd um, sort of had to fend for yourself at yeah. times. Yeah. Even like getting up, make your own breakfast. Don't get me wrong, mum, dad did loads for me, took yeah, me everywhere as much as they could. Um, he, even I think they spoiled me at times with like get me the latest boots. But obviously it would have been half of them to obviously do that for mm. me. But I think because they seen that I was passionate about it and um you know, look like I was actually a decent player and could potentially get somewhere, they were willing to obviously do that. Where I think if kids were more like that now, they'll most probably get, still get the stuff that they want, mm. but there's a reason behind doing that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just a different mentality now. Like I, I've talked to a lot of the kids that are coaching, you know, they give you a little bit of cheek in a good way, yeah. like a bit of banter and stuff like that. And I was like, when I was your age, I would have, annihilated you <laughs> do you know what I mean like yeah. on the pitch I'm like no you wouldn't no you wouldn't and I was like honestly mate if, if you played my team are you already, say like yeah. the school team for instance our school team's really good at Wood Church and um, it's like if because a couple of the kids are from the Wood Church high yeah. school I'm like honestly mate go and ask the PE teachers there we yeah. go annihilated you yeah. not not because we were better I think yeah. kids are technically better than uh, when we were coming through they yeah. are they're a lot better technically but I think the other side to it which I think when you get into 15, 16, you can go one way or the other. Yeah. It's that what you wanted, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. And I think we we are, we wanted a lot more than the kids of today, really. So uh, we're trying, obviously, 
trying to touch on that as well without you know going too deep into it with the kids but um, sometimes when they're giving you a bit of stick it's uh, it's good to actually get that get that point yeah. out to them really so um, yeah it's it's you learn all the time so when obviously we're coaching I try and touch on the mental side of it because I think it's massively yeah. important to me yeah so um, again social media is, is like even like scanning you know it's like a bit of a um, niche word at the minute where mm. our lucky scan five times it's it, it is part of the game I think you naturally do something like that me yeah you either got that or you haven't but um, a lot of the time when I was younger I used my body a lot so I used to obviously feel for people so I didn't have to scan yeah because I was touching people yeah. or I use my arms quite a lot I still do it now sometimes it's I get booked for it but I don't mean it it's yeah. just because I naturally it's, do it yeah natural but um, kids don't use their arms now yeah so we tried to do like um, you've initially done as well where you've um, there was one group session that we've done with that uh, we've done like a shielding session so basically we point our, using your arms was our main point mm. so you, the kids took a lot from it and the, you know what in the end you're actually for me when you train so so whether it's a one-to-one group session whatever you want to de- then implement it in a game yeah. that's the whole purpose of training for me so when you actually see kids actually doing it in a game situation then it's like not job done because they've got a long way to go but yeah. you know the pick, they've listened, the, yeah, they've, listened. They've, they've understood exactly they? so yeah yeah it's um it's it's good for me and most probably yourself when that happens and you know like even though i've got my a license now a lot of people think who have got it that did the be all and end all mm. uh, especially within football like professional yeah. academies it's like um they sort of look out for themselves a little bit which is understandable totally get it football's a ruthless business but when um when i've like lucky enough to go and watch sessions or whatever like that i've sort of thought i've i, I just wouldn't act like that yeah do you know what i mean and um I, I, I'm just even like because I, I haven't I'm not famous by any means but because I've played for Tramia I'm sort of known locally and when even when someone asks for a photo with me I'm like what? it's mad <laughs> you know what I mean I just yeah. don't get it but if they support Tramia I'll get a photo with them so I've always had like a good um, connection with say people from around here mm. so when I see people within a pro- professional envi- environment with kids Making it about them, it, it doesn't really. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah, really. Yeah, I get what for you me, mean. it's not nice to see, but yeah. I, I can half understand why they do. Because if they don't do something a certain way or mm. whatever, then they won't be in the job. So yeah, yeah, I think football, the way it's going now, it's um, completely different. Still, obviously amazing, but you know, I, I'm like I said, I'm really old school. Me, so I sort of mm. need to change with the times as well. Yeah, at times, I, I find it really funny where, like, I meet. A license and B license coaches who admittedly they, they think they're a lot better than yeah, what yeah. they are. And I've met level one and level two coaches who are unbelievable yeah, exactly, at yeah. what they do. Yeah. Um and it's funny, you could I'd love to pick like an A license coach up and drop him in the middle of like a group session somewhere yeah. with like say six year olds yeah, yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and go, let's see how you get on here. Because yeah. I, I mentioned it on one of the earlier podcasts. When we started our relationship with Bromber and Eastham, we coach on a Saturday morning, we coach on like preschool, under sixes, under sevens, yeah. like back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. And the first session I did, I'd, had, I'd written out a session plan for like yeah. under fives about no turning point and how yeah, to do it. No point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and it fell on its face very, very quickly. Yeah. And I looked at, at my business partner at the time and he was yeah. just laughing mm. and laughing because he had experience out in America yeah. with kids who didn't really want to play footy and mm. how to keep them engaged and yeah. stuff. And it took me a while to get yeah. to get to that point. And you've just got to kind of aim and aim and uh, Bull Hellfire said it the best. He said, he's, you've just got to let go sometimes yeah. and get it's rid of Off that. your ego. Yeah. Everyone's got to get rid of that bravado and just yeah. enjoy yourself while you're coaching. Yeah, because with the A licence, it's predominantly like fit, well, 11 aside football. Yeah. So um, once I'd obviously done the A licence, I was most probably still in that frame of mind because I was doing that course mm. for full on really for a year. And I saw it sort of, I couldn't really do much at EPD, obviously, because I was still playing and doing that. That was my priority at that time. So when I, obviously, talking about your session plan, I was obviously, it was great because I got loads of ideas. Yeah. But then I sort of forgot how old the kids were. Yeah. So it took me like a couple of weeks, few weeks to sort of go, what am I doing here? Readjust. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was, it was literally the same view. I was doing a session. It was I thought the session, I looked at it and I was like, the kids are going to love that today. Yeah. So I've sort of got there. The first couple of stuff that I'd done was, was really good and the kids loved it. And then I tried to progress it, which probably a little bit too much for them. So you, you get to a point where it's like, the kids, it's just breaking down all the time, basically. Yeah. And it was a bit of a shooting practice, which I thought was, I thought was simple. But then uh, I was like, I've got to do something here. Yeah. So it just, I came up with something a little bit more, where they could engage a little bit more and yeah. obviously understand it. But we do, um, we got we start our group sessions up on a Sunday and it, it happened on Sunday. It, for me, it was really basic. It was, I because I've done it with um, the same age at a different time, but um, they just didn't get it. So I was like, I've got to improvise here. Yeah. So when I, when I do with the young ones now, I'd literally turn, I have an idea what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't even write anything yeah. down because I think, if I do that, I'll look at that too much yeah. or think about that too much or a point or whatever. So with the younger age groups for now, I have an idea in my head. And then when I get there, it would just sort of like happen. Yeah. Like I'll set it up in a certain way or whatever. And then if they can't adjust it, I'll, I'll adjust it yeah. straight away. So, um, yeah, with the younger age groups, it's, um, it, I think it's how they uh, look up to you yeah. most of the time. So I've always been like a big kid at heart anyway. <laughs> So we, when I was at Tram, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem because everyone knew me. But I used to like get the kids in a headlock and that, <laughs> where, you know, it, this day and age, people like be, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm just, yeah. just nudging them or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's just who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to change. So if you don't like it, then yeah. you have to ask me to leave, basically. <laughs> so, but I've always been like that. I still do it now. And yeah. most of the parents... Love the fact that I can actually have that have that relationship that, with them. Because it's the social side of it as yeah, well. Like, you don't want a coach who's hands off mm. and like he turns up and thinks he's better than what he should be doing. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it annoys me. And I, I've dealt with a couple of coaches like that who've who've come across like our path and yeah, it's yeah. just been like, Yeah, I don't think this yeah. I don't think this is gonna be the right exactly, thing to be yeah. here, mate. Yeah. One of the best things our daughters started coming to um our Bromborough and Eastham sessions. Mm. And for this whole month, we've been doing Julia Donaldson books. So last week we did the Gruffalo. Yeah. <laughs> and the week before that, we did, um, oh, what was it? It wasn't Super Worm, it was the other book. Yeah. But basically we told all the kids on a Friday to go watch 
on BBC iPlayer all the Julia Donaldson books yeah. and then we'll tell you which one we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And literally it's just those acting like idiots for 45 <laughs> yeah, that's minutes. That's what it is, isn't it? Trying to time, put a bit yeah. of football into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that, that's how they engage though, isn't oh, it, kids? Yeah. It's like um, even, I don't like to touch it on it, but like Fortnite and stuff because the kids are that into it. You've got to get it involved yeah. in the session so some way, like, haven't you? Say shooting, for instance, it'll be like, you know, imagine you, you're on Fortnite then you want to boot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's little things like that and like... Oh yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? It but connects it a little bit more yeah, for it's them, sort doesn't of it? Great something like because I'm like I just want to, you know, yeah. get your ball, get the ball out your feet. You know what I mean? Put <laughs> it in the because I'm because I'm old school in football. I love football. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, they just work different now. The kids and yeah. it, but it's like like again to learn and care for me. And when I see that, it's sort of uh, it engages them. Then I'm like, yeah, that you know that works that. But um, like you said, touching on where you get thrown in with like six-year-olds and stuff like that, because eventually I want to be a manager mm. or work in the first team environment as a coach or whatever. If you can do with six-year-olds, <laughs> I think you can do with anyone. Yeah. You, you literally can. Yeah. So like it wasn't the Sunday just gone, the previous Sunday, where um, so the session that I thought of, it, it, it was amazing. The kids, even to be fair, the sun just gone. The kids were so well behaved, and then you move up a few years, and you're like, "I was doing that with five year olds." You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I know it's different all the time, but if you can do with those younger ages, yeah. then you can you can do with anyone. Yeah, it's it's a lot of isn't it session management and, yeah. and and how you keep people engaged and how you keep the session fun. Yeah, and um, I mean. There was a couple of occasions I used to manage the reserves here with John mm. um, in West Cheshire one. And there were some times where I think at the time my my team were like under 11s. I'd translate the under 11s session yeah. into the older age group. Mm. And arguably the lads would have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, that, that was, you know, that yeah, was yeah. interesting. It was fun. It was something like, mm. you, you know, silly things like playing tic-tac-toe and yeah, yeah. Uh, relay races and yeah, stuff yeah. and like spinnies to shoot. and yeah. penalty. It's, it's so easy that if you can cope with that younger age group, Everything seems to just be that little bit better yeah, as, a, yeah. as a coach. I'd encourage anyone who's who's looking at coaching to start off early yeah, yeah. rather than later. Yeah, yeah. Because then if you start off later, like the 11-a-side format, mm. you get accustomed to working and coaching in a certain kind yeah. of way, don't you? Pattern to play phases yeah, yeah. and you're like, if the ball goes here, where'd you go and do mm. this? Um, and it, it becomes difficult. I think something you said before that was really interesting was Coaches have lost the, the ability to observe sessions yeah, now. Yeah. Step back and, yeah, yeah. and not really say very much, but mm. just watch players yeah, yeah. and watch what they do. Yeah, um, I think um, on that on that subject, like I, f- I think it's just the the world that we live in. Like you've always got to look busy and you know that sort of stuff. Where um, once you, especially in the game situation, you've done a lot in training with the kids, whether that be fun, whatever you you're doing. Then for them to have a game, then you just leave them to it. In, in my opinion, at, at a young age, obviously as they get old, it's a little bit different because, like playing, you know, you've got to. We're trying to win the league, win cups, so you know it has got to be a little bit serious. But like you're saying, when you, you're doing your session with an older age group, even now, I, I when you when you play football, you are like a big kid, so you are gonna love those sessions and it's going to make you want to go like so I've I've um, been to sessions all through my career where I was like I hated that yeah and it's it sort of like uh, it got to, especially at Tramier at one point I was like 
a bit disillusionized with football, to be honest. I was like, I was going in, trying my hardest. We had a lot of loan plays at the time. In one season, we had like 70 plays within the whole season, which is ridiculous, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going in, try, I'm from the area, support Tramia. I'm seeing this happen to my club. So I, I lost loads of love for football. Obviously still had it lingering somewhere, but I needed to take myself away from that to then get it back. Mm. But like I was, again, talking to me mate about the Watch Chase Juniors and it's probably the happiest I've ever been, yeah. which is, it's quite strange to say. Yeah. Because I've um, you now had a decent career. Yeah. But um, seeing the kids like laughing and buzzing, even when they score a goal. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't had that feeling since I was a kid. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good for me as well. As yeah. a person, it's like, it gives me like a bit more of a purpose as well. And yeah. it's, it's helped with EPD as well, to be honest with you. So not only has it helped me as a person, it's helped me business and, you know, what I want to look to do in the future as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been really yeah. enlightening for me. I don't know about you, but one thing I find really fun is, say, for example, like, obviously we've coached hundreds and hundreds of kids. Mm. Like, I'll go to a random venue somewhere and like maybe watch a bit of grassroots footy or like I'll travel to a tournament with my kids or I'll see people playing and you just hear random kids shouting your name going, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah, like, oh yeah. how have you got on today, mate? What, yeah, what have you been up to? And, yeah. and he goes, yeah, I've, I've, or he or she are like, yeah, I've scored a goal. Yeah, I've done yeah. this, I've done this. Mm. That for me is probably one, one, of, one of the nicest feelings where, you know, you have such an, a positive impact on that kid that yeah, they're yeah. excited to yeah. tell you what they've done. Yeah, it's classic. It's, um, that's one thing I really enjoy. And obviously being around and you'll probably get it a lot more now at your games. Mm. You'll find as those older age groups come through, like you, you focus a bit more on, on watching yeah. rather than you're, you're emotionally invested, but you're just enjoying watching them play yeah, yeah, and yeah. having fun. Yeah, yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was the same me the other day. I was in, um, I was in the Asda, like doing a food shop. <laughs> and I bumped into three three players yeah. in separate like <laughs> aisles and I was like it, it is amazing like, yeah. like the impact you can have sometimes you don't realise it when you're coaching mm. like I don't know sometimes I, I'm a little bit demanding I think in a good way yeah but um, when they obviously see it in an environment where it's nothing to do with football yeah they sort of like open up a little bit about it so it, it, it again it makes you realise that you're actually having an impact you know even if they talk about the game, they say, oh, we, we did that in your, you know what I mean? Yeah. You sort of took it from that. So it, like, I think when you see them away from football, that's when you sort of realise how much you've, yeah, miserably actually what done. What an impact yeah, you've yeah. actually had, yeah. 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 And to all those people who absolutely bash one-to-one coaches, you can, you can, you can get, get lost. Yeah, Because yeah. we have such a massive impact. Yeah. I think the stigma around, it, going back to the very beginning, because, it, it bothers me yeah and it probably bothers you as well oh, massively, yeah. like give it a rest i know secret grassroots coaches they take the mick on twitter mm. and stuff like that and to be fair it is quite funny yeah, because yeah. you can relate to you can, a, yeah. a lot of yeah, it yeah. but most of the time you, you you obviously you're trying to coach and you're trying to trying to get the best for these children mm. offer the best services you can so, i think yeah. you know what most of the time the people that actually um most probably come for you a little bit are the people that can't do it mm. do you know what I mean they actually yeah. couldn't deliver or I don't think they would have the confidence to actually do it yeah so because um, especially in football now I think there'll always be someone who would want to go and get a one-to-one session mm. especially now everyone's sort of after them 
But um, like we said, it's how you how you do it, and obviously having the experience to do it, and what you're actually trying to do within the session to help them. Because I think most of, most of the um, issues for me with one to ones is the actual confidence to deliver something, the worried. Mm. But that's obviously for me stems from the parents or the, the coach of yeah. their team. So there's been a number of occasions where, um, say I'm doing a one to one and the kids looking over to the parents all the time because I've had the experience of sort of doing it now. I know it's them. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. So I've like I've actually called them over now because I feel like because I've been doing it for a long time. At first, when I started, I used to worry about the parents a lot. I'm not afraid to admit that because I obviously want to deliver a good session. But now I actually don't care what the parent yeah. thinks because I know I, I, yeah. what I'm doing is good for the kid. Yeah. And not only that, good for the parents as well. So like, I'd call them over and I sort of put the kid on the spot a little bit, not in a bad way, but I go, "What? What do you?" Because the kid, the parents come to me for a confidence issue most of the time. So I was like, uh, "What's your problem?" So he was like, oh, I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. So I said, is he, is he your dad or your mum? And then he'll say no at first. And I'll go, look at me. Is he your dad or your mum? Don't be afraid to say it. Mm. And he said, they'll go, yeah. So I, for them then, they sort of realise, you see the realisation on the face. So uh, they go, so I let the kid go off and I was like, listen, like, they, they are a good player. Just, just give him a bit of space, let him do whatever he wants. And then most of the time they do. Mm. And then you you would get a message back saying thanks, Dad, and yeah. you did that. And then you can you can actually see the the player actually grow over time. Then, so uh, for me within football, especially grassroots kids football, the parents are the main yeah the main reason for yeah. a lot of things. And yeah. you know if 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 the parents can get educated on that, I know the un- most of the times because they want the best for the kid. Yeah, it's, it's from it, it the co- right it place. It does come from a good place, exactly. Yeah. But to the kid, it doesn't look look that way. Because they're going, come on, shout, whatever. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's obviously unnecessary educate, pressure, yeah. really, isn't it? And you want, in order to perform your best, and mm. obviously being a professional, I'm sure having that freedom yeah. to perform. The main thing, yeah. yeah it, it's the biggest problem. I mean, coach, uh, coach education is a great thing. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a little bit more about if you're taking over a, a grassroots team, we we did it at Bromber and Eastern when we were pushing the next group of under sevens through. We did parents education. Mm. So we had a separate meeting with the uh, managers where we were, We, me and James Williams, secretary of Bromber and Eastern, we said, these are some of the issues that might arise. This is what you're probably going to have to deal with. Yeah. Now, when we had them at under sixes and they were on our sessions, the last, so January to March before they got put into the groups, we finished every half an hour of the session with a mini tournament. We put them into five sides yeah. and we rotate them around and play each other. And for me, that was a, a very important time for parents because I always remember we had one parent and he was talking to his kid and he was going, do that, do that, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turned around and I called everyone in and I went, right. I said, are you stepping up to be a coach? Yeah. He went, no. And I went, well, I think you need to be quiet yeah, yeah. then because by you shouting at this little boy, mm. And telling him what to do, firstly, it undermines the coach. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, you're just heaping unnecessary pressure. Mm. And a lot of parents kind of took a step back then and we kind of set the tone. And then Bromber and Eastham did a very good job of of communicating very early the expectations yeah. of what is required from a from a parent on the yeah. sideline. You stand behind the respect barrier and you're encouraged early. Mm. Uh, encouragement only. Yeah. Um we had it 
last year or the year before, I can't remember, was the first year in the JPL for us. And we'd come from like the Eastern League, mm. Division 1. And you'd play Asheville and Bromber and Eastern mm. and Greenlees and all these teams. And it'd kick off because all the lads knew each other yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. that and the other. And mm. the parents, because it was Division 1, it was perceived to be like the top league. Yeah. It'd kick off every other week mm. and it was a pain in the bum. When yeah. we came into the JPL, it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. None of the kids knew each other because we were traveling like up to Alsager, yeah. Kids Grove, um, Fylde and stuff mm. like that. None of the kids knew each other. They were there to play football. A lot of these kids had been kind of in and out of academy football. Mm. So they knew how to play. A lot of the parents had been involved in academy yeah, yeah. football and it was it was zipped. Yeah, yeah. There was silence on the mm. sideline and kids were allowed to play yeah. and, and, and uh, ex- ex- express themselves. Fast forward that we've come into this year. I think as we get older, it becomes a little bit more heated. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and, it does. Yeah. It starts. It yeah. started kicking up again. Um, especially we played Pennington and that that got a little bit hairy. But mm. I think it's just the nature of the game, isn't yeah. it? You're never going to control everything. Yeah. Are you? Especially with um, touching on the parents again, like you said, when they when they go to an academy, a uh, professional academy, the, the, you literally won't have any problems with them because the anything the coaches say or the people that run the academy say to them, they'll just do it. What I don't see what the difference is with a grassroots club to an academy on that mm. on that uh, topic. So um, if I think what happens when, when kids go to academies, obviously it's brilliant that they're getting that exposure, getting good coaching, facilities, stuff like that. But um, what happens is, which I've experienced a lot, the parents then think they sort of know better in a way. Mm. Again, not putting anyone down, but that's just the way it goes. Like, you know, they did this, this, blah, blah, blah. Does does doesn't make no difference to me. A grassroots yeah. club and an academy, they're trying to, you know, help them, trying to develop them. Because a lot of the people, I've seen a lot of grassroots coaches now who actually try and do something within the session. Uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've been working all day. So they've took the time out to actually try and do something with your kid. I think you should respect that, even if you don't like it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, again, a lot of the problems within kids' grassroots football leading up to, say, YT, it does stem from the parents most yeah. of the time, which is sad. But again, it, it does come from the right place, but it's just the way they communicate that yeah. for me. So um, yeah, this, there shouldn't be any difference whatsoever. The, uh, the, again, you should encourage, that's it. Yeah. And um leave it to the coaches because they've, you know, they've made that choice to join that club. Then, you, you know, you've, you've just got to have faith in, in that club. Then to, if you want to do well in football, then you've got to pick the right club, obviously, if you want a half-decent coach. But if you, you want it for the fun of it, then you just leave your kids to, mm. to enjoy it, really. Yeah. When you were when you were at Tram, yeah, did you have anyone who was kind of like, so who you'd gone through with UIT and stuff, yeah. who'd been released, who you still talk to and stuff like that? Oh, a lot and of what kind of what kind of did they go through? Because kids in and out of academies, yeah. we've seen it where we've had a couple of lads come to us and academies have kind of ruined them mm. and they've not confidence and stuff. Is there anything that you've had experience with? Yeah, a lot of the um at Tr- Trammies Academy at the time when I came through it was really, really good. We used to play like um we had like sort of it's called like Cat Three, Cat Two, Cat One now. It was sort of like that back in the day. It was School of Excellence and then Academies. It wasn't like a Cat 3, Cat 2, Cat 1. So we would have like obviously a fixture list, like say the legs against Stockport, 
uh, Carlisle, Oldham, who were really good teams, by the way. And um, we used to play Liverpool, Everton, Man United, but we used to beat we used to beat them all the time. And sort of struggle against like the Carlisles and that because when when um, again because they were probably a little bit spoiled coming through because they had better facilities. Even like I've been into a few academies and um, they get the kits done for them. So it's like, what's going on here? I was, I remember going in uh, to Liverpool because a few of my mates worked there and um, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was in the canteen, have a cup of tea with him and um, this kid, he must have been 12. This one was sitting there and he's gone up and said, where's my socks? And I was like, what's he, what's he going on about? Where's his socks? And he said, oh, did you get the kit done for them? So I was like, oh, I can't, I can't believe this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because even when we come through as a YT, we um we had to clean boots, yeah, clean boot the stadium, culture, yeah, loads, yeah. And we had to sing in front of the pros, which they don't have to do no more. Yeah. I remember when I was a YT, we used to get fruit chucked at us, and you know when you were singing, if yeah, you were rubbish, yeah. you used yeah. to get like, um, at the end you used to, they had the big cream cake. <laughs> so if you were good, you, you got safe. they gave you the cake to eat, <laughs> but if you were bad, like you go, Ooh, you know what I mean. And then if you were rubbish, you get a yeah. splash in your face. But yeah, going back to um, all my mates that I came through with at Tramia, yeah, I'm still in contact with them yeah. now, and um, a lot struggled with it to be honest. But even at that standard, because because we were really good and we used to beat these teams, they were potentially for me. A lot of my YT team could have made it as a pro. Yeah, I think about. 10 of us could have made it really as a pro but the difference with say me for instance or Aaron Creswell was in our teams at West Ham now uh, Craig Curran who had a decent career we we sacrificed more yeah. compared to them so a lot of the time even on a, a Friday a lot of the because even I used to hang around the streets still as a YT but they were drinking mm. they used to drink on a Friday the day before a game and I could smell it, so I'm assuming the coaches could smell it as yeah. well. But that's just uh, the byproduct of where they're from. I was from a similar area to most of them, but I sacrificed. Yeah. They never. So I think that was the little percentages that, say, me, Creza, Curran had over them. But a lot of them obviously struggled, struggled with that and um, ended up doing other stuff as well as alcohol. Do you know what I mean? So uh, one, I'm not, I obviously won't name him, but he got... It hasn't came out, but he got banned at the time as a YT, and he was phenomenal, phenomenal, unbelievable player, one of the best left foots I've ever seen. But um, touching on that, then I then when I obviously made as a YT and a pro, I I you used to do drug tests all the time. You used to come in, you know, spontaneously yeah. test you. I've done about over fifty, I reckon, which is unheard of. Really, I think in your, your career, you usually do three, four. Yeah. I've done about, honestly, 40 to 50 drug <laughs> tests. I think just because of the mate that I was with at the time. Yeah. Got banned for it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be, it, honestly, it's a, it is a ruthless business. And mm. um, at that time, there wasn't any support for those type of people or yeah. players where now, which is great, it's getting addressed and you've got um, care managers and, they sort of help them transition into something if they're not going to make it as a player and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I still keep yeah. in contact with a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. that transition because I say it to a lot of uh, our boys at, at 15s, like there's still a good career mm. out of football to be play, played playing non-league football. Definitely, like 
you know, you can earn an extra 12 grand on top mm. of whatever day job you've got on yeah. top of it. Like, you look at Vauxhall's playing in the county's prem. Like, okay, they haven't got, like, the biggest budget. You're not going to get paid the lot. Mm. But at least you're getting paid to play exactly, footy. Yeah. Like, and at a good standard in mm. front of, like, we had Macclesfield here last year with, like, 800 fans. Mm. Freaking hell, mate. Last year in the Vars, North Shields came down with mm. three coaches of... um three coaches of fans mm. and it was bonkers the whole afternoon they've yeah. been bevying all the way up yeah. all the way down sorry from like Newcastle mm. <laughs> and they turned up with the right atmosphere it was it was really yeah, good yeah. I, I, yeah I can't remember I think we lost that game as well yeah. probably a little bit because of the atmosphere mm. but it was it was there's there's days and matches like even Vauxhall's last year getting to the, the Cheshire Senior Final yeah. and going and watching them at Macclesfield in front of like maybe 2,000 fans. Yeah. Like that's any lad who who plays football still at, at like 15s and 16s, that you can still do it yeah. at, a, at a certain level anyway. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of kids, they either think it's the top or nothing. Yeah. I think it, that that attitude could probably be doing I think with, it's when adjusted. It, like when you get to 12, 13, you think, oh, I'm not it's an academy it. now, yeah. that's it, I'm not getting it. But you never know who's watching. And actually now, I think scouts actually go to um, more off the beaten track if you want to call it that where they're trying to find that hidden gem because there's a lot of places that have yeah. came from there yeah. which um, I think people don't realise so uh, yeah it doesn't matter you know you obviously getting to a certain age say if you're like 25, 26 or maybe at that point then yeah. but if you blow blow 25 there's a, still massive opportunities to yeah. get even into full time football Yeah. so th- that's what I mean I think even say the lads have voxels and there were a lot of the lads mm. and they like going out as well which is fine do you know what I mean but that's the difference from them most probably playing where they are yeah to maybe going up a like few more said, levels it's that sacrifice it's always it? about yeah. sacrifice and I remember like hang, I always hung around the streets I wasn't in any trouble I just that's what I like to do yeah. but I was going in at nine where some of my mates were going in at midnight just because I wanted to be a footy player. So I still got to hang around with my mates and, yeah. you know, get up to whatever mischief you get up to <laughs> as a kid. But I then took myself away from it because I knew they wasn't doing that in a way. Yeah. I didn't realise that until I was older. But um, it's like even a lot of the lads that I hung around with ended up getting into trouble as they got older, which um, obviously being where I'm from, there's always going to happen. There's always a couple that, that do that. But um, it's it's all about sacrifice for me. And, yeah. you know, if you're, it doesn't matter what you want to do. If you sacrifice, dedicate yourself to it, you sort of, like you said, with football, you can make a good living from it. And mm-hmm. you can do that in a lot of industries. So yeah. it's all about that sacrifice then and yeah. the determination, obviously, to go and do it. Yeah. No, it's, this has been good, mate. I've really enjoyed this. And mm-hmm. I think I think I've hit all my points. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. And, and hopefully we can actually... We can help some people and people take a lot away from this. Uh, no, so, it's yeah. been a pleasure, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Whatever. you very much. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Get social at the Grassroots Network on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.